0: This is a Hot Pie Media Original. You know, so I usually set people up and I say, okay, I want three minutes in the morning, three to five minutes in the morning, and three to five minutes in the evening. And I want that to be concentrated time. So maybe that's five minutes of your mindfulness practices. You're sitting more upright. You're really intentionally relaxing the muscles across your chest, across your shoulders. You know, I like to roll my shoulders back and kind of relax them down. Relax everything up top. You know, you may start with a hand on your chest to begin with. So you can mentally, you know, trigger Uh where you need to go. Um, Then, you know, I put a hand down on that belly, like right below my belly button around my waistline or so. And as I breathe in, I'm really concentrating early on and engaging the system the right way.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7, and this is The Blueprint. I've spent my life helping Olympic gold medalists, NFL, and NCAA athletes be the best at their craft. Now I'm taking that experience and translating it into your life. This podcast is for busy professionals and household CEOs who care deeply about their family, career, and their health. There's an ocean of content to wade through, but I do the heavy lifting for you and distill cutting-edge science, leadership and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Bandman, a recognized leader in the area of human performance and human behavior in high stress environments. With over 30 years of experience across multiple domains, including the Fire Service, the US Army Special Operations Command, and the Central Intelligence Agency, Jeff now serves as a COO and Chief Human Performance Officer for Brute Force Training. After conducting counter-terrorism operations in over 23 countries, two combat zones, and multiple high-threat, non-permissive environments, Jeff has the privilege of dissecting human behavior at a micro level in order to enhance individual and team performance in some of the most intense moments imaginable. Today, Jeff and I discuss practical tools you can implement right now to take back control of your mind and to thrive under difficult situations. But would you do me a favor? Please take one second and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are joining us from, as this is one of the best ways that you can support the podcast. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Jeff, you have had a very interesting career from firefighter to the Army, CIA. But before we unpack like some of the tools that we're going to talk about today, And we're going to talk about regulating our response to stress and how you can train for those scenarios. Can you fill in our listeners a little bit on your backstory and how you got into this career?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, total happenstance, uh, just kind of opportunity presented itself was slinging pizzas at 16 at Domino's. And one of the drivers had just joined the volunteer fire department in Northern Virginia, big popular volunteer area. And I was like, Oh, dude, you could do that, you know, <laughs> so drove down the firehouse the next day and walked in. You know, I always say goofy kid, the lieutenant still harasses me to this day with my stupid haircut I had. I uh, wanted to be a fireman and, you know, just kind of got in the mix of that. Uh, got hired right out of high school and then a couple years in kind of got a little bored. I was looking for a new challenge, looking for something else, uh, more physically based, really, and uh, decided to join the army. Range Battalion Reconnaissance Unit, uh, exited the Army, and then uh, post 9-11 was working some programs and got recruited by uh, uh, the ladies and gentlemen to uh, this particular organization. And then, you know, off to the races and then really uh, working counterterrorism operations out in the world, but then also responsible for doing a lot of training and development uh, within our package And in that scope really had the opportunity to unpack, dissect, you know, dive into human behavior and high stress environments at a, you know, nano level really. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's really the, that's been the trajectory. I mean, I always had an interest in why we do things, how we can do things differently, how we can train more efficiently, how we can be better humans that kind of goes back to almost like 17, 18. Um, But, but that was just the stage in which really the doors opened and was like okay Jeff go be this crazy geeky weird dude. So before
1: be. before you actually started training people you did the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean I realized I you know as I began to grow and learn I mean I ran my first full scale exercise at 17. I went to the chief mm-hmm. Went to the department and said, "Hey, I found a vacant building. I want to smoke it up. I want to put certain things in there. I want to try to create this hyper realistic environment. Um, I want I got the approval, which was, you know I'd go it had to go before a judge because it technically broke the laws of the county for a unit to respond from the station to a location for a training exercise got a segmented approval for that. I mean, I'm 17 years old, so the departments could actually be dispatched, respond to the incident and be in the moment as they would normally be. Um, You know, so my brain was always screwy. How do we do this better? And uh, and then as I grew up and read, start to do research, I would look back and be like, oh, I was at 17 years old, actually, actually intuitively doing deep visualization practices you know, dreaming of going to a fire, but the way I was processing it was directly in line with that Mm. very distinct process. So for some reason that was always very native for me.
1: You were reverse engineering performance.
0: Yeah, man, really from the get go. I I, I have no idea where that came from, but it was just my passion.
1: Yeah, I found that some of the best people at this just are innately curious and they're always trying to turn things around. And uh, no, that's super interesting. So one of your you have a lot of expertise in different areas, but one of the things that you're an expert at is helping people adapt in the moment mm-hmm. to very stressful situ- situations and calibrating themselves so that they can do the thing that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, can you unpack that a little bit? Like number one, like what's going on in the body when we encounter stress? Yeah, and then how do we take back control?
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can, you know, we go through this. Here's what I have, you know, over the time begin to kind of unpack and truly learn that what we haven't done a very good job at is truly understanding kind of the segments of our system, right? Dealing with the entirety of the system. So, you know, we've been in a big kind of mindset world, mental performance, self-talk, this, that we have, we are just now, in my opinion, at the proper level of depth, exploring the central nervous system, central nervous system regulation, you know, um, a variety of things that happen in the body. So when I, and you and I, you know, this is, I love that. I get to hang out and talk with you, right. Cause we get to have these cool conversations. So if you, one of the things that I love to teach people first is let's get flat about what's happening, you know, because if we don't get flat about what's happening, And by flat, I mean, factual, like, okay, I'm not upset. I'm dysregulated because the system is just dysregulated. The system doesn't know upset, sad, happy, whatever, you know, isn't, the system isn't labeling it. You are labeling whatever that physical sensation is. So flat means factual. There's a disruption to the system somewhere.
1: That's Uh, really important. So like, understanding that I'm not jacked up my body's reacting to something
0: yeah yeah something is something is triggering the system uh either known or unknown right that may be a, a background issue that may be kind of be like you know as most listeners would think the subconscious you know that's just my invisible radar pinging off something that as saying oh okay my body's now moving me into a state of arousal it's a dysregulation in the system I may feel uncomfortable with that right something's going on most often in the untrained mind what happens then is i'm trying to anchor into a reason i'm trying to find and point to why i'm feeling dysregulated and often that's an external you know evaluation and look um or right that triggers the internal kind of mental talk and sometimes negative self-talk of why do i feel this way what's going on you know and Slippery slope down the road. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So we got to start by understanding that. Hey, my body's in a jacked up state, or it's in yeah. a dysregulated state. I'm in a state yeah. of sympathetic. I'm I'm aroused. Now, yep. what do I do to get back to where? Okay, I'm at. i It could be. I'm about to have an uncomfortable conversation with my employer, and all of a sudden I'm in a dysregulated state, or in the world that you were in. You were doing some pretty gnarly stuff mm-hmm. um, and you had to go in and maybe take out a bad guy. What is the mechanism that I could use to get myself back on track?
0: Yeah. And I think, okay, okay. so again, let's look at this. What is back on track? Or I like to say, where do I need to be? You know, for instance, I had a, a, a meeting this week, nervous, right? Nervous energy built in inside the system. And, you know, I have a choice there, right? So does my energy match the conditions I'm in? It was acceptable that I would be nervous for the conditions I was walking into. Totally Mm -hmm. normally acceptable. So one, I'm able to like do this quick assessment. Is it okay to be nervous right now sure it's okay to be nervous right now so i give myself grace i give myself credit i give myself leeway i give i'm speaking to my body to saying hey thanks for you know this requires a little bit more attention maybe a little bit more focus you know i i need to be i need to open my awareness profile that's my system my body telling me hey jeff you know it's time to elevate the game a little bit here mm-hmm. so instead of it being like oh, I'm so nervous and this is bothering me and I don't need to be nervous and I shouldn't be this way. That is the normal talk. Again, we're getting flat about it, regulating the system going, oh, okay. Yeah. I should be nervous. Am I, am I proportionally nervous to the situation I'm going into? You know, if I'm sitting across from a, from a, from a no terrorist, then, you know, that's going to be a lot higher. If I'm hanging out yeah. on a podcast with Eric, that's going to be a little bit lower. Right. Yeah. So, so measuring, right. Um, that level of proportion quickly, quick mm-hmm. assessment, then looking at and and just almost like investigating early on before it becomes a natural instinct, investigating and saying, okay, what, what do I need right now? What does my body need right now? If I'm feeling nervous energy, what can I do to release that, you know, breath work or a variety of things I can begin to start to give
1: my central Let's, nervous system. I would love to double click on the breath work what could we do with the breath and how does that regulate the central nervous system and our autonomic nervous system? Yeah. So, you know, you
0: and I both know there are a gazillion things out there around breath work, Mm -hmm. um, all good, all very useful and all very conditional is what I like to say. So, you know, the breath is the only physiological response we have and can take positive control over. We can't say, Hey heart, you know, start being yeah. slower, <laughs> um, Hey brain, don't think so fast. Hey blood, you know, flow this way. Hey, lower my blood pressure. We can't do that. So the, the tactical advantage is the breath is our gateway. When mm-hmm. I breathe oxygenate the system, begin to settle things in, begin to start to open it up. You know, I often, I know we're on video right now and I don't know if that's going to go out on the podcast, but I'm going to like intertwine my fingers together for uh-huh. those that are just listening. I like to say for most of us, every day our central nervous system is just so wrapped up, just so locked up tight. Mm -hmm. And when we breathe in a particular form and fashion, we can send signals through the body of, oh, I'm okay. You know, even if I'm in a scary situation, I'm still okay. I'm still here. I still have the ability to function. Rounds flying, you know, fire burning, whatever. I'm I'm actually technically still okay. I may yeah. be in a heightened environment, but I need to remind myself I'm still here and I'm good. And the breath work does that to the system. It can begin to send those signals. And then that helps match the internal condition to the external condition, like we spoke about just a minute
1: ago. High performance isn't just reserved for elite athletes and those with unlimited resources. In my free newsletter, Adaptation, I provide you with curated information and resources to improve your health, well being, and performance. I cover topics like sleep, stress, exercise, nutrition, and mental performance. You can sign up today for this free newsletter at www.ericcoram.com. Now, back to the show. So what would, what would give me an example of a breathing exercise that I could do.
0: Yeah, so this, I mean, this is the base one that I teach everybody. Um, I believe it is the most integratable. I like to refer to it as kind of the original breath. You know, we've talked about this before. If you go back and look at children, seven and under five and under, they're all belly breathers. They don't care, right? They're, uh, they're just in this natural kind of flow. They're willing to hang their belly out. You know, I look at little man running around, <laughs> you hey, don't care, uh, you know, and over time we get to the playground, we start kind of puffing up, we start posturing, we have to start creating our own physical presence amongst peer groups we start to move the breath up to the chest. We start to become kind of more shallow breathers and we lose connection with that diaphragmatic breath, with that deep belly breath. So super simple practice. Uh, If you were to do about a four count in through the nose, deep into the diaphragm, and I often like to tell people, it's almost like you're pushing your diaphragm out, fully extending it. Like you're, you're turning your belly button to the floor, right? Is the mental thought of, oh, I'm, I'm pushing my belly button out and down to the floor. Uh, If most of us have to retrain that entire muscle system, we've lost that over time. So it does take practice to begin with. So deep in four count, I like to teach people to hold at the onset in the first couple of weeks of training themselves to do this. But the key here is on the out breath, I literally just open my mouth. I relax my jaw and I'm just allowing breath to naturally leave the body, almost as like gravity is pulling it from me. What is happening in the system is I'm actively taking control and concentrating and bringing some mental focus in and awareness to my breath going in. And then I am practicing giving up control of the out breath. When I'm giving up that control, I'm sending signals of trust and safety, up through the vagal nerve, heart brain, you know, all the way up that says, okay, we're all right. When I'm open-eyed and match that with the current environment, then my system will regulate to what I actually need in that moment.
1: Wow. And you've measured this stuff in real time with heart rate variability. Yes. in So for those that don't know, heart rate variability is a measure of the autonomic nervous system um, and what you're looking at is the variation between heartbeats. Have you ever seen like an EKG? It goes beep and you set big spike. That's a QRS complex. And what you're looking at, that's the R, that's the spike. Mm-hmm. And HRV, you can measure in a lot of different ways, but you're measuring the time in milliseconds between those spikes. And what you actually want is you want more what's called parasympathetic tone or more irregularity mm-hmm. between the beats, and people are like, "Well, I just want to have a low heart rate. Well you can have a low heart rate and still be what's called sympathetic where every yep. beat is eighty milliseconds apart or whatever um, and you want more regularity when you see people doing this with HRV you know measuring in real time, do you see that parasympathetic tone begin to renormalize?
0: Yeah, so what you'd be good to see is um you know this was the methodology i used when we were doing all the research uh and going through everything because i had to figure out one how to evaluate it how to connect it to the environment i was creating right in in the uh, scenarios and in the scenario development and then also provide a way to feed that back to the people so they understood it right so full, full circle So. What we ended up doing was looking at, like you said, so when, when heart rate variability drops, right, we're starting to collapse and we're starting to go into that higher state of arousal. Uh, that often drops before we feel it in our heart rate rise. Uh, so we see that early indicator of load or stress on the system. Uh, I would measure that as a, uh, so the drop, the line of drop would become the, uh, level of impact and severity on the individual, how much mm-hmm. that hit them, how quickly that hit them, and how hard that hit them. Right. So, not only in slope, but in in the amount of drop. Uh, then I would measure what I would call the time under threshold, or you know we would in slang terms call it dragging the bottom. Right. Uh-huh. So you drop down to forty in a high stress environment. I'm limiting cognitive function. How long are they below that? And then how quickly, what's the rate of recovery? How quickly can they get back to kind of 80% of their start? Yeah. Um, when we applied that with breath work, with the idea of being an existing as recoverable, when identifying that dysregulation, immediately triggering the breath work process, which can be done without really anyone else observing that, uh, we would see uh, we would see the, the you know, severity and impact. The time under threshold would shrink dramatically mm. and, and the time, the rate of recovery would increase significantly uh, wow. and they would be able to normalize and stabilize in an appropriate zone for
1: the condition they were in. I love it. That is yeah. so interesting. So that's something you can do in the moment. And I really like moment. this breath when you saying turning the belly over or mm. the belly down. I was mm-hmm. actually doing that, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I get it. That's super. That's yeah, sad. I've never heard someone say it before, but I can feel like my my diaphragm, my my belly area expanding out through my ribs into my lower back. Mm-hmm. Um, beforehand. So, you know, I have a mindfulness practice. I'll do ten yeah. minutes a day, sometimes longer, depending on mm-hmm. how life going. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, is, would you recommend people implementing this type of breathing? So this is how I should breathe when I do my mindfulness practice? I,
0: I mean, this is how, listen, here's what I, and I've done this work with, you know, multiple people from all kinds of perspectives, right? CEOs of uh, public tra- publicly traded companies, to professional athletes, to operational personnel. You, the why I said at the beginning, this is kind of the return to the original breath. So for the average person, it takes about a two week reset cycle. You have to be distinct about it, but this is a three to five minutes in a time, maybe three to five times a day for a two week cycle. The body will actually begin to reset itself to this pattern of breathing. You know, this is how I almost like I notice now more when I'm shallow breathing. Like the, the difference is I don't notice when I'm diaphragmatic breathing. I now notice when I move up, it's just the way I function and breathe day in and day
1: out now. So you would recommend if somebody wants to implement this in their life, just start going, okay, I'm going to take morning and night, let's say three minutes, morning and evening, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on this type of breath work, breathing into the nose, turning the belly over, expanding the diaphragm, then when holding at the four second inhale,
0: four second inhale. I like early, early onset, you know, when you're, when you're holding, the only thing you're doing there is you're just engaging that muscle. You know what I mean? You're actually connecting mind to that diaphragmatic move. So you know, the sensation you're creating
1: in the body. And then the exhalation, if you do it right, should be longer than the inhalation, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. The body will eventually find its own rhythmic process Uh and its own balance, which is very cool. Um, you know so i usually set people up and i say okay i want three minutes in the morning three to five minutes in the morning and three to five minutes in the evening and i want that to be concentrated time so maybe that's five minutes of your mindfulness practices you're sitting more upright you're really intentionally relaxing the muscles across your chest across your shoulders you know i like to roll my shoulders back and kind of relax them down relax everything up top you know you may start with a hand on your chest to begin with so you can Mentally, you know, trigger uh-huh. where you need to go. Uh, then you know, I put a hand down on that belly, like right below my belly button, around my waistline or so. And as I breathe in, I'm really concentrating early on and engaging the system the right way. Because I'm building that kind of quote unquote muscle memory, right? I'm connecting yeah. mind to body in that point. So if I'm deliberate about that in the morning and the evening, and you'll actually feel it on the outbreath, if you're if you're in posture. If you're in alignment, you know, spine straight down, kind of shoulders roll back, about the second or third breath, you'll feel yourself wobble a little bit. You'll actually feel yourself move a little bit. It's kind of freaky. Um, so that's an indicator that the signals are going, that your body's doing the right thing, regulating. Then three times over the course of the day, set a reminder on your phone in action, making your coffee, sitting at your desk, having a conversation, driving, Parking in the driveway before you go into the house, right? Just, just a, an in-moment in practice combined with those distinct points. I mean, two weeks of that, you will radically notice the difference.
1: Wow. Now, I, you hear a lot about um, you know, breath work, but this seems totally. more practical for the average person uh, because little acute bouts of this. Sprinkled throughout the day. And I was just, I've been doing this while we're here on this conversation, and I can already feel my level of arousal coming down. Um, When you do this and it becomes a part of your practice and a part of how you operate, I've heard you talk about something that was very insightful. You talked about the difference between perception and discernment. Mm. So when you are engaged in something like this and you're fully present, it allows you. To be discerning, can you unpack that? Sure. <clears throat> Sorry about that.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this goes back to the idea of what I said at the beginning: being flat about things. Uh, you know what I've what I've unlearned, learned over time is the understanding that perception n- not wrong, but perception comes with a lot. Comes with our biases and our backgrounds and our history and our views and kind of our context of life. Meaning we see something happen that processes in through our filter and then the the result of whatever that interpretation is, is now more based in that lens where discernment is more fact-finding, right? You know? You yelled at me one day, that's it, you yelled at me. I don't need to know why, I don't need to like get into well, Eric was upset and I did this, and you know what I mean? I don't need to add a bunch to it. Just the fact is you yelled at me. If I can be discerning about that, that's leveling the playing field. I'm not adding to the dysregulation of my system, I'm lowering the dysregulation of my system. This is where we're aligning the systems, right? Our internal self-talk and the, the voice in the head, with what's happening in the body with what's happening in the external environment um and this is what we truly like disciplined our people around in you know variety of situations of special operations people intelligence people even you know pro, again pro athletes even uh you know one of my clients is a, a ceo of a publicly traded company like he's we had to clear the filter because you know they're. Any, any day of the week, somebody could write an article and trash the business and stock drops and then shareholders are calling and the board's calling. And if he's not operating in a in a moment of discernment of regulating the system constantly, that starts this spin out for all of us. And we're all guilty of it. I mean, I it's not like I'm, I'm not the Zen Buddha. I will fail at this today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the difference is the awareness of it and the return to the practice is the thing to do.
1: That's awesome. Jeff, let's talk about what you're doing with Brute Force now. Yeah. Um, brute Force Training. It's, mm-hmm. you know, talk about the transition to that and what what this company is and what you guys are doing for folks.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we acquired Brute Force early last year. Uh, they've been around since about nine or ten years now. I mean, these guys were the original eight-handle fitness sandbag. You know, if you think CrossFit, if you're not a sandbag user, CrossFit with a sandbag, multiple handles on it. You can do kind of everything under the sun. Um, Very product-driven company for a long time. Mike and I saw an opportunity, huge, amazing community, a lot of community in the fire, police, military realm, um, and a lot of CrossFitters. And just a, it's actually, a you almost can't label it. It's such a radically cool, diverse community. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, Mike and I saw an opportunity to step in and begin to move from kind of just this idea of a product company into a human optimization company right into uh uh expanding workouts in new ways uh, you know we just were about to finish up the uh 2022 built by brute force challenge never been done before the challenge was 6 weeks uh 300 minutes of mindfulness 30 workouts in 6 weeks so 5 a week and then i taught six lessons over the course of the the uh, the thing, and, and the individuals have to take at least three of the six that are there. And then, you know, you've come on, we've brought great people on to kind of support their process and uh, the challenges they're facing. And I, I will tell you the feedback from a community that the mindfulness practice and the breath work practice, you know, we've been integrating box breathing and na- nasal breathing into workouts, into recovery points, all these aspects, It's it's insane what we're seeing kind of unfold with uh, almost you know 1500 1600 people in this this uh this challenge
1: I could only imagine that if you did 300 minutes of mindfulness training and was trained by you for six weeks that something wouldn't I mean something's <laughs> got to change yeah yeah people
0: are I mean people are you know and it's and I told them at the beginning I said listen you need to know you're taking something on here <laughs> the, the next six weeks all kinds of crap is going to come up. I can uh, imagine
1: you start processing stuff, your body's going to start changing. Mm -hmm. Um, That is awesome. So if somebody's interested in learning more about brute force or getting a hold of your portable sandbag equipment, which is really awesome because it'd be something you could have in your garage. You can go get a great 20, 30 minute workout in. It's very functional to human life. Now people say functional training. I'm talking about hinging, squatting, picking something up. Oh, if you're a parent, you know what that means.
0: yeah. I mean that that unstable load on object, I mean, that's the foundation of the training. We're actually, Mike and I are now um, you know, moving in this direction of almost generating the new category of instinctual fitness, right? Because this is what we're talking about. How do I regulate in a particular moment in time? because listen, internally, the body doesn't know if you're having an argument with your spouse, doesn't know if you're in a firefight, doesn't know if you're, you know, on a phone you know, trying to close a big deal. Internally, there's no difference. It's all a matter of how you perceive the threat to the system at the time. So the practice is all the same. And when I can align mindfulness, breath work, physicality, unstable load, uh, all the, you know, moving systems and the unstable load object that's causing my body to constantly regulate during physical activity. When I align all that, I'm dropping back into the systems that help me regulate every single day of my life. So yeah. Sorry, I didn't that mean to tangent there. That's no, a, that was that's beautiful. That, yeah, that's no, that's I just I
1: felt that. And that you know, that <laughs> made so much sense. Instinctual training is where people is where it needs to move. Is like now you we need to be adaptable. You know about me, I love talking oh, about adaptability, dude, and that is yeah. that is the gateway to growth. You have to be adaptable to you can't manage. I can't manage what's going to walk through the door or what's going to happen with the business or what what the market's going to do or mm-hmm. you know whatever I can't adapt though. And yep. it sounds to me like brute force is is helping people better adapt to physical and psychological stress so that we can be more resilient.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're stoked and you know, this was a little playground for me because that's what I like to do—not tell people what I'm about to do, and just say, "Oh, come in and come in and do this cool challenge with us. Come on in, spend some time with me." <laughs> you know, sucker them in, get them in, and then they're like, "What's happening here?" So, uh, you know, we ran some tests and, and some evaluations along this way, and uh, and it's just been—it's uh, been exceptional, and it's been so much fun, and the feedback from the community has been. Uh, crazy. Uh, and and they're just loving it. I mean, they're like just the game changer of a nasal breathing or a box breathing during the workout cycle. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I can go, I can crank, anybody can crank through anything fast, right? Anybody can just kind of suck it up for a moment and get it done. When you start to have to add connection to mind and body in motion, ooh, the whole world starts to morph a little bit. So where can people find you guys? Yeah. So, uh, pretty easy. We're brute force training, bruteforce training.com on the web, uh, brute force training on Instagram. Uh, you can find us brute force training on Facebook. And then if you want to come on into the, the group, you know, free to be in the group, we've got about 8,500 people in there. It's a beautifully supportive mm-hmm. group. I mean, these people are, they care about each other and just to why, and, and Mike and I are active in that group. You know, we're constantly teaching, we're constantly showing up, we're leading that group and creating that community and the culture. And it's really showing back and forth. So, you know, come hang out with us. Even if you don't have a sandbag and you want some ideas or you want some stuff, I mean, the training's in there, just come hang out with us.
1: I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I know this is going to have an impact on a lot of folks and I'm going to start incorporating this now (laughs) in my, in my mindfulness practice. Yeah. Thanks Eric. I appreciate that. You got it. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring in any way, would you please leave us a review and a rating in the Apple podcast app? As this is one of the best ways that you can help us because Apple promotes podcasts with more reviews and more ratings. That would be really, really helpful for us. Also, please share this with a friend. This is a message that a lot of people need to hear right now and how they can take back control of their mind and lower anxiety so they can do the things that we love. We are a community looking to make an impact. And this is one of the best ways that you can help share the positive message of the blueprint. Thanks for joining us today, and I'll see you soon.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media Originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.